This is a Fubar Radio podcast. Go to foobarradio.com for more details. Screen Talk with Dan Clark on Fubar Radio. Hello and welcome to Screen Talk. I'm Dan Clark. Uh, today we are not going to be doing any news or uh, reviews. Um, this is for a good reason. It's because our guest uh, is such a brilliant, interesting guest today. We've got so much to cover with such a, uh, a huge body of work. Um, so we're just going to crack on. Uh, with me in the studio is Mr. Reese Shearsmith. Reese Sun. Reason. Reason. Yes. I've been looking you up, and I, <laughs> I'm really impressed by that name. Son of Reese, because my daddy's called Reese, and Reason is literally son of Reese. That's my real name. Do you know Reason Shearsmith kind of made me think of like a 1940s RAF pilot or something? Yeah. There's something Shearsmith. It's, it's, it's very. Like, what made you change it to Reese? Well, because of a, conversations like this, yes, it's just a shorter, <laughs> it's the shortened version of yeah. it, I think. And Reeson's a bit weird, I think it's a bit too much of a mouthful, but it's, it's hard to say Reese Shearsmith, you have to sort of stop in the middle, yeah, yeah, they're difficult. So it's always it's followed me everywhere that but it would, wouldn't it? It's my name. <laughs> so, uh, your first song, um, we're going to kick start before we get into an interview, we're going to kick start yeah. with your first choice of two songs from movies. Yeah, this is the rather eerie, unsettling bucket of blood right. uh, from the soundtrack Carrie. Uh, we'll play this and then you can explain yeah. exactly why you okay. chose this. Excellent. I would say that last bit there is the weirdest, yeah. creepiest part of it all. Well, that's the bit where Carrie is unfortunately covered in blood by the, the pig's blood do you uh, do you not think that that has a lot of uh, similarities to Hitchcock's Psycho well it's uh, there's a lot of strings <laughs> which I would not, suspect uh, it's yeah. a little bit Bernard Herrmann but I just I don't know why I p- picked that particular bit it's always stayed with me I love Carrie as a, as a 70s film it's got a tone mm-hmm. about it that I in, in the same way that E.T. captures a certain light that I sort of close my eyes and think I remember that light from yeah. a kid Oh, Carrie has the same feel to me, and I, I, it's a particular feel of that time. It, it really transports me back. All of those early Spielberg yeah, have that. They do, that thing. They, yeah. And I think um, the Palmer had about three films that all had a similar. You're probably yeah. saying something that would really excite and, and please a DOP somewhere I'm in hope the world. So, yes, because yeah. that's exactly what he's trying to do, yeah. I guess, isn't it? Yeah. God, if you can, if you've done that in 30, 40 years' time, people are going. I still can remember the light. Yeah, I feel like I, I, I know that light. You've yeah. really done your job yeah. there. So, uh, Reese, this is going to sound a bit like This Is Your Life, yeah. uh, which I don't... In, uh, this isn't my intention, because you are here, and it's weird that I just list your uh, yeah. your curriculum vitae. Of course. But uh, I have to, because that's that's what they do in interviews. I know, yeah, you know? Do you find that embarrassing when people do that in front of you? It depends what ones you're going to read out. <laughs> I try to omit the bad ones. I, I, I'm only going to do the bad ones. Is that OK? <laughs> <That's> fine, <yeah. laughs> no, so you, of course, you are um, an acclaimed actor of screen and television and, and stage yeah, um, you are one half of the team behind Psychoville and Inside Number 9 yeah. and one quarter is that technique? That's, That's correct con- I guess yeah, yeah. of the hugely popular League of Gentlemen which began as we just mentioned off air yeah. 17 years ago yeah, and when did you actually start the group? We started the first League of Gentlemen show I think was in Brighton in about 1995 wow. in the, the Commedia that was really? our first show, yeah. Well, how come in Brighton? I don't know. We just, we, we'd done some shows at the, well, yeah, no, it was Canal Cafe. It was where we began. Yeah. Start, in in, in Maida Vale, we started doing little shows. But our sort of first thing where we thought we're doing a show and it's our foray into 
people that didn't know us coming to see it was Brighton. And um, it was, yeah, nearly 20 years ago. It's quite horrific. Uh, it's terrifying. Yeah. I remember seeing it. In fact, we, I was in a sketch group and we were on... We were on the same stage after you at the Canal Cafe in like '96, I think it was. Right, yeah. And that was the year that, that we went to Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah, first time. And I remember everyone going, "Oh, you got to see the League of Gentlemen. You got to see." So we came to see you, and I couldn't believe how fully formed it was. So I mean, maybe that whole year had been the year where you'd sort of yeah. try different things, but it felt like you guys knew exactly what it was you were doing from almost the offset. Was yeah, that a well, fair thing to I, say? I think, we, well, it just evolved in the way that we kept doing it um, on stage and trying out new characters. And then if, we, if something seemed to hit or we uh, thought it, was a, it had legs, we would pursue it uh, almost like a sketch. Uh, you know, the, the character would return and you were sort of rewarded if you came back with a sort of evolution mm-hmm. of that character. It was sort of the TV series in Embryo, really, I, well, doing it on stage. I seem to remember people saying, oh, you've got to go back each week because they yeah. continue the story every Monday, was it? And every Monday yes, or we Wednesday all or something? These, all these Mondays, yeah, yeah. in our cafe. Because we needed the theatricality of sitting down and watching it like a bit of theatre. You know, we were very rigorous with uh, the staging of it because mm-hmm. we'd seen sketch shows that were just tinkly piano between each sketch and we just thought that's that slightly lets it down if it felt like a big complete thing mm-hmm. we just tried to be a bit more um you know it wasn't rocket size but we just wanted it to be completely slick even in the moving of the chairs yeah and i think that bought us a lot of oh god they they made people sit up because it was a little bit more thought about yeah. I mean, not massively but it just it just helped with the seamlessness of one thing into the into the next were you directed no, we sort of did you it ourselves. Did it yourselves? Yeah, yeah, yeah we did it ourselves. And and how come you always did uh, credit uh, Jeremy as being the fourth member rather than what people writers who are not performers normally get yeah. treated quite badly and sort of forgotten about? But you were always mentioned as a four piece. But, yeah, and you see the photo and you go, "Who's this mystery yeah, fourth I know, guy?" Yeah, he goes, "Yes, it's Jeremy's fiftieth birthday today." Oh. Happy birthday. Yeah, yeah, I'm not sure when know. this is going out, no, but well, happy well, birthday for them. Yeah, in this yeah. then day. <laughs> uh, yeah, Jeremy was always uh, completely part of it, and it felt odd to, to exclude him from any part of the process. Yeah. He was just, and he just didn't want to act, and yet he was absolutely part of the, the voice of what we sort of were doing. So we just... Um, well, I thought it was we very generous of well, you to do Well, that's very kind. Yeah. It, never, it never occurred to us that we were being kind. <laughs> <laughs> just thought you had to do it. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Um, is there a, a difference to the way you guys, you and Steve, work now compared to when there were four of you? Yeah, I think so. I think we um, are free. I mean, it's just easier because there's t- only two voices, you know, four it was always harder to... The difficulty with the league was always bringing all the stuff to the table and then thinking, right, how do we make it all fit into Royston Vasey? I mean, that, our conceit was, can it not just be a sketch show? Can there be something that makes mm-hmm. it a whole? And the trick was to just make it as if they were all part of this town, and that just yeah. gave it something that was bigger than the, the sum of its parts. But uh, we write now with... It was easier writing Psychoville because that was very much a narrative, and we thought, and we didn't really have to be beholden to Mark and Steve at the meeting where we'd bring our things. So it will be hard to to go back to um, four voices in the room. Yeah. But it was it, it was suddenly felt a little bit easier because we were a little bit more in control of of the material and where where we wanted to take were it. You, so were you a bit like Python, where you had the two the yeah. sets of teams? 
completely. Yeah. Really? Me, yeah, me and Steve used to write together and Jeremy and Mark would write uh-huh. together. And oftentimes, because of that dynamic with Mark and Jeremy, it would, Mark would do a lot of monologues because Jeremy wouldn't be the other uh-huh, voice in, okay. the, in, the, in the double act. Yeah, that makes we, sense. So Steve and I did a lot of twos because yeah. we were just writing together. Yeah. So that was how we, uh, it sort of worked out like that. But then we would write, you know, Jeremy very specifically wrote pop which is this horrible landlord character that mm-hmm. Steve does. For Steve, he said, will you write me a character? Because we wanted to cross-pollinate yeah. a little bit. Cross the streams. Yes. Yeah, exactly. see what happened. Yeah. Wow, I never knew that. So, in a way, it was a natural extension when you guys... When we started writing, yeah. Because yeah. we just wanted a break. It wasn't like we had a row. It was just like we sort of felt like we needed to rejuvenate a bit. Mm-hmm. And we just sort of stopped after the... When we'd done three series, a film, two live shows, it was like... Yeah. Christmas special and we just thought let's have a bit of a, of a, of a break and we just thought well we were happy to carry on creating something ourselves Steve and I so we just carried on writing we did Psychoville which is a sort of um, kick against it being not sketches you know we yeah. thought we'd like to try and do a narrative that where you're expected to follow it and yeah, that yeah. was our, our sort of uh, answer to that so would you say if if Mark and Jeremy did a show together how different to League of Gentlemen would that be oh, do you think that's a good question because I'm wondering like whose influences are in because it's I think despite some of the slight different format um, the, the difference in formats and things yeah. there is still very much uh, a link between Psychoville and Inside Number 9 or Number 9 what can we call uh, it for short so I don't have to say the whole 9 should we call it 9 call it 9 yeah nine. <laughs> number 9 yeah uh, there's still you can see League of Gentlemen in it yeah absolutely but yeah, I, I wondered if those two did something would it feel like Terry and June were you two the ones that were making it really like that or I th- well I don't know I think um, or do you all just have really yeah, really similar taste I think there is similar taste I yeah. think with Mark and Jeremy did something specific because that in itself is a particular pairing mm-hmm. it would sort of, I think there would be a darkness to it but there'd be a, a um, I think Mark had perhaps had more I was going to say Edmore Hart. He absolutely hasn't. He's got a heart of a, a black coal. But, uh, it's still a heart. Yeah, he's still a heart. It's, still it's a, heart. a strangely shaped one. I don't know. I'm not sure what their... their um, it would be one man be. roaming It would just be Mark the monologue, yeah, about being yeah. a mortician or something. Yeah. Um, do you, I would have thought, in a way, that just the two of you is, is in some ways more difficult because if you would disagree on something, then there's no democracy yeah because it's just two equal numbers yes it's harder and it's more silence in the room is that yeah although we actually weirdly i think we've got better at um just getting on with it we're much maybe it's out of confidence or just you're all pros come on maybe we're pros i don't know what it is but we enjoy it more i so it was a torturous process i remember writing psycho it took too long we spent too long on it months and months why was it hard I mean, writing's hard anyway, Writing right? is hard, yeah, I guess it is. It's like pulling teeth. But I think we were just really hung up on the, the structure of it and all those, mm-hmm. all those strands and trying to make all of them work and feel satisfying and deliver. Mm-hmm. And, and we just felt like we thought we knew what it would be and we were just trying to push it. You know, wanted to feel like it was a 24 of comedy where yeah. you couldn't wait for the next one and have these amazing cliffhangers where you think, what? And, and, and you're not ahead of it at all and it's surprising. You know, the old television is... Um, slightly flagged up now just because you can't not read about it or they have to give you it all on yeah, play yeah. and which is what we suffer from continually with things like Psychoville where th- the only enjoyment is going in blind yeah. when you don't know anything it's, it's exciting to see it unfold and you trying to work out what happens and particularly in, as increasingly we've done these sort of uh, 
surprise endings. I mean, it's become a millstone around our neck now because <laughs> people only are interested in the last 20 seconds where it gives them this massive oh, kick God. of a twist. So if that's all it's about, I mean, it's not. It's the 28 minutes of getting there that yeah. it's about. But um, You've become the M. Night Shyamalan of know, yeah, uh, television. A terrible yeah. uh, mantle. <laughs> but uh, if we can uh, avoid that and remain surprising to ourselves. I mean, of course, the pr- trouble now is we've done so many of them that that in itself is that it's like a game of where you're trying to second guess. Shall we yeah. do the twist that they think we're going to do or the one that they think we might do, but then we should do that one. Then. Sometimes we get there and we think they'll be on to us by now. So we go, we revert back to what we originally thought they would think, but they'll think that, well, we won't do that because that's too obvious, but then we'll do, do, we will do the obvious. It, it, it sounds like mad. mental torture. I mean, it's you sound hellish. like a mentally ill person I, I know, right I know, now. I do. I know, I no disrespect to mentally this ill people, is, but you... This is what I spend my days doing you know you you people that watch it you watch it it goes away for a year i think about it from the moment that you've stopped watching it and and forgotten about it so when it comes back on in a year and a half's time well the worst that is why i'm mad the worst thing when you're in the in the absolute kind of pit of the madness when you're writing is when you go to bed that night and you're lying there thinking about all the things or when filming's coming soon and you're thinking about how all the scripts are going to go on tv when you're doing when you're trying to second guess or third guess or triple you know quadruple guess someone yeah how does that manifest when you're lying (laughs) in bed at night and has it caused problems at home um well i'm just yeah i am often awake and have to jump up and write something down and think i'll forget that yeah and, um, that's the worst, isn't pad. it? Yeah. And have you ever made the mistake of going? No, I'll remember it in yeah, the morning. Yes, and I just have, yeah, yeah. And it's gone. How can I? I will never not remember yeah. that. Of course, I remember that. <laughs> yeah, it's and too it's gone. good. So, oh my god, what was what was that brilliant <sighs> thing? It's yeah, so painful. It happens a lot. Yeah. So you must write it all down. These these thoughts. When you were doing um, Psychoville, was there at all um, a deliberate intention to do something different to what you'd done before? Or yeah, I mean, the, it felt like how could you do anything that's not like the League of Gentlemen and or anything that if it's anywhere near it but not as good it, we were just so petrified of spoiling it you know mm-hmm. we were very proud of what we'd done and and what do you do you say it's that terrible, terrible second album thing where you think can we top it people expect a certain thing of us and they want it but they don't want it you know it's all that terrible thing where mm-hmm. you're sort of aware as a fan of what it is to, to have something spoiled and we were so aware of that feeling of just wanting to get to do it right and all in, in the end, you've got to let go of all of it and just think what... In the room with Steve and I just sat laughing. If something made us laugh, we would, we would, it would be in. That mm. would be, and that would be our rule in the end. And you can't start to worry about what you think people want because you will never cater for everyone. So you've just got to do your own thing. And I think we are quite undiluted in what we end up doing. We're left alone by the BBC and never really interfere with our scripts. So Which, it is, it's incredible. By the way, it is amazing yeah. because... I. I can't imagine an unknown group now in this current climate yeah, never. Uh, getting shows like the ones you make commissioned. Yeah. It has to have the, some kind of brand behind it, which of is course. you guys. Yeah, I yeah. mean, some of the stuff that you've done, I just can imagine the channel going, what? Are you sure? Oh, yeah, but they don't, no? No, really? no interference at all. John Plowman is our Brilliant producer, and, he, and he's been our champion in the room when, of all these with these meetings. Where I think probably sometimes it's all they've gone now. Actually, now it's gone. It's gone away. We can't do this anymore. And he's Maybe there's there. like fights in boardrooms well that be, you but don't we know are about. Shielded from it, yeah. and it just appears that we sit and we write it, and then we we present them. They're all done. Um, sort of, they don't say we sh- you should do one in a, a joke shop, or they don't tell us anything. We yeah. just write them and go. That's the new series. What do you think? And then we get the odd little note. Nothing really. 
spectacular. Sometimes we smile and, we, and deliver them again on different colour paper as if we've made the amendments. <laughs> I like that trick. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, um, and then that's it. And it's sort of... Uh, and I think that is why it's a very singular thing and it has a voice, a very rare thing these days, I think. That, yeah. um, you might not like it, but you sort of can't argue with it because it's our, at least it's our thing mm-hmm. and it's not a plateaued panel beaten thing where it doesn't really cater for anyone anymore because you, and you can see far too many fingers trying to massage it into pleasing yeah. everyone and then of course it pleases have you ever tried people. doing stuff in uh, America no because I can't imagine we never have we should try it yeah. or if there'd be any interest but uh, yeah we've had, I think we've had the odd foray into or they're, they're looking into maybe doing a version of well I'm sure that. now that there's Amazon and Netflix and yeah. all those things I can totally see you guys doing stuff there but in the sort of when it was just the four networks out there, I, yeah. I could imagine uh, you know executives going, what? "We can't, we can't inflict this on our children yeah. of America." I know, I guess so. I mean, we never. You talk like it's really dark and horrible, <laughs> but it isn't <laughs> but, really. But it's not really, is it? That's the trick no. we've pulled. I think a lot of Inside Number Nine certainly is very palatable. You know, some of it's Chuckle Brothers to yeah. me. But my version of Chuckle Brothers, but <laughs> nevertheless, I don't know which episodes you saw that I missed. <laughs> pretty, pretty fucked well, up that, ones. Well, that one we did that was this kind of silent robbery. That was very. <laughs> that was like a. We did one that was completely uh, like Steve and I robbing a house, and we didn't speak. It was like mm-hmm. an exercise in that was sort very, of slapstick. Yeah, and it was quite light. And, I mean, we did kill some dogs, and some that we both got shot at the end. But and it was quite bloody. Well, there are some people who think death and dogs being killed is equals dark, but Apparently, whereas to us, that's that's just that's yeah, just an hors d'oeuvre. Yeah, absolutely. Really mean. Um, I uh, I <laughs> loved the fact that you did an entire episode in one take, or or, yes. or so we believe. Yeah, it was um, two takes. But it was two takes. Yeah. Okay, and it was only two because we um, this was in Psychoville episode four. We did this uh, experiment. It was be- it was born out of can you do one that won't cost any money. Because they wanted another episode that was a bottleneck episode, which is mm-hmm. where you try to do one very self-contained. All of number nine we thought would be cheap, but of course it's not, because each week you remount and you do a different world, and yeah. so weirdly it's expensive, because they're all different situ- situations. But with Psychoville, they said, if you do one, it's basically you and Steve in a room, like Doc Cotton in the laundrette, yeah. then... <laughs> Which we did consider, but we didn't get it, couldn't get it. They used to do that in yeah, EastEnders, well, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, just these special ones where yeah, it was like, oh, it's all about the acting this yeah, week. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so we thought, well, let's do one with Maureen and David, which is these two kind of serial killing mother and son. And it was uh, a homage to Hitchcock's rope, which he did in mm-hmm. 15, 10, 15 minute chunks, nonstop. Because you probably cuts. can't do, you wouldn't have been able to do an entire. We couldn't take. do a full half hour because the dolly arm needs to be repowered halfway through. So twenty-two minutes in, there's a, a seamless cut, right? Where the the camera cuts to the back of this box, and it, and there's a cut in that moment that's quite hidden, invisible. But it was only two takes, and it, so we had it two day two days to do it. And on about the twenty-fifth take or the eighteenth take on the second day, we'd got the first twenty-two minutes perfect. And then we had to do the end a few times because it was it was very theatrical. I mean, it wasn't just us that had to be word perfect and not go wrong. It was mm-hmm. all the the dolly had to be you know the, as the camera moved in for close ups, the stagehands had to come in and move the furniture out of the way and all that, and then yeah, slide yeah. it back in when it went out wide again. Everyone so got- it was a big ballet of trying to have everyone in simpatico trying to get it all right, and it was great. It was very. Um, what if you got to like the eleven minute mark and fluffed a line? Was it just it's fucked? It's gone. Yeah, yeah. Just had to start again. It Did was you like, hate each other? For yeah. It? yeah. Mark, Mark actually <laughs> forgot Gatis in for this one as a sort of homage to us three being back together again, and he went wrong on the last line of the last ten minutes. He'd done it a few times. Yeah. Fuck. 
Caves, yeah. really. This is why we don't work with you anymore, Mark. No, yeah. Anyway, you don't see him on the same TV anymore, do you? Nothing yeah. to do with <laughs> yeah. the media he's, anymore. He's struggling a bit. Yeah. Yeah, uh, did you enjoy Birdman on uh, on the subject of films supposedly being one take? <laughs> I did, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was a big fan of it. I was surprised I it, yeah. when people didn't, some people didn't like it. Yeah, and there was a lot of people that, I mean, is it that thing of being told this is brilliant and therefore you bristle and think I'm, I'm not I going to so. like it? Yeah, I think there was a, a bit of that bit. going on with that film particularly. But and I, I, looked, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I loved it. And... Um, some people, I think, felt it was a bit in because it was yes. all about anxiety around being famous yeah, and showbiz. Yeah, yeah. And, and who cares about that? They, they think. yeah. Well, we do. we tussle. Yeah, we do. We yeah. we tussle with um, the idea of doing in things a mm-hmm. lot. We often think about you know that we've done a lot of sort of we did one in set in a dressing room and things. And, and in, I think in the end, it, as long as you feel like you can. I remember that Julia Davis was in. Yeah, she, she was. Yeah, yeah, yeah she yeah. was a stage manager. Yeah, yeah. and it, we, I think it's all right if you can sort of get past it only being about that world because you yeah. know not everyone is a police or yeah. surgeons and yet all these people are not able everyone's to watch. an east ender yes exactly yeah you can watch things and not sling your arm across your eyes and say i don't understand it and i hate the fact i'm being given a world i have no mm-hmm. part i'm not party to because all drama is that and it? it's a dip into that world but so I, I think we we sometimes shy away from wanting to do it more. I love doing Legs of Kimbo theatre in lately. Mm, yeah, yeah. And uh, I do a whole series of them touring around schools. But I I, I get told it might be a bit too in just I, to do actuary things. But I love it. I love doing those mm, those kind of see, things. I, 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 that slightly annoys me because I think forgetting what it's a, what you're kind of saying or what it's about. If it's a funny character in funny situations, yeah. surely well, that's, that's the connecting bit. Absolutely, yeah, that's the bit. And you f- uh, of course, yeah, it's forgiven for whatever it is. Then, isn't it? As mm. long as it's, I think everyone funny. knows th- theatre in education. <laughs> don't <laughs> of course, they, they do. Yeah, yeah. that's what's we all about. saw it. We've all had one. Have you ever had the urge, desire, um, inclination to do a, a, let's say, a traditional sitcom? With, with Steve or yeah. with the guys? Well, that's funny. We have tried to do it, yeah. Have we, you? Um, a little bit. We, we um, were asked by the BBC, could you do one that's just like not dark and it's a BBC? Uh, we have never really... We, we sort of wrote something that was a little bit like the an episode of Inside Number 9, which was called about this grandma's party. Mm-hmm. And it was the closest to like a, a, a mundane... It was just a family, you know, and yeah. it felt like that. I think they thought, well, they can do it. This is sort of... Yeah, the that's world. It. Yeah, and but it, it sort of it was the wrong sort of way around to think about using that as a springboard into a situation because it was only good because you were able to do these huge peaks mm-hmm. of drama and people were dying and things and that was what was sort of satisfying about it as a half hour with the resetting of a sitcom. It's quite. I think it had been it quickly used itself up as an idea. So we would like to experiment in doing it. I think it might be within us, but I've, we always find that it feels lacking in uh, in depth if it's just the surface comedy. Yeah. If it doesn't kind of almost make you cry or make you your heart stop or, or everything is turned on its head from what you thought it was at the start, we feel like we haven't quite delivered anything of, that's worthy so no, enough. Nothing to do with you guys are obviously heavily influenced by horror and yeah. and uh, cult movies and things. Yeah. So it isn't that that's, that puts you off the idea. It's just like how do we tap yeah. into the sort of Absolutely, the darker yes. or the emotion? Because we've delivered some inside number nine scripts where we thought, right, well, let's just do a funny one. Yeah. Imagine that. <laughs> Coming out of the BBC comedy department. Let's just try to do a funny one. And it's and we and they've even said, mm, well, it's all right, but 
could they all burn to death? Or you know, they even the felt it, yeah, they even felt it was lacking. Because it's a version of us without the thing that we do. Yeah. I feel it, it really, it, you feel it with our things. Mm-hmm. So I feel that we, um, we don't, you, you, it's, it's absolutely missing something that, it just doesn't catch fire, so, so to speak, mm-hmm. until that element is put in. When we did the sardines episode of Inside Number Nine, which was this game of sardines, and we thought it would be funny to have just people joining as the half hour went by until there was 12 people in the wardrobe. That was originally written. And it was just a, that was it, that was the conceit. And it was quite funny and the characters were quite humorous and it was just this game and it was, that was sort of all it was. And it never really, and it was fine, but then we went back in and we peppered in very lightly the child abuse. And suddenly it, it gave it all so, so much more dread and weight and drama. Yeah. And that, it, then it was like, oh, this is an inside number nine. This is what we do now. Yeah. And that, Child it, abuse. So, yeah. Uh, inside it was, number that nine. was the, the key ingredient. <laughs> but it was very lightly done. It was barely there yeah. and it wasn't there. And then we added it in with looks almost and a thing at the end and with Tim Key. And suddenly it was like, yeah, that's, that's now satisfying in a way it wasn't before. Yeah. Fine, it was fine. It was like a light comedy bit of an eight borny feel to it but and now it's become so much deeper and more worthy i mean in the way that some drama makes you feel i mean i think it's such a malign thing comedy because it does so many things you know well i was gonna say do you um do you think of inside number nine as a comedy not anymore <laughs> because i saw and i don't mean that in a yeah in no any, no absolutely yeah, yeah. no uh, i think I, we, uh, I remember, we strive for it to be more than just a comedy. yeah right and i remember watching um the Sheridan Smith one. Yeah. I can't remember the title yeah, of the episode. Twelve Days of Christie. And it, to me, that was like an out-and-out drama. Yeah, I mean, that it was, was really. Yeah, we yeah. did toy with the idea of trying to put more gags in because we knew it was just—it was heartbreaking. And uh, but in the end, we just thought, no, that's the story we're telling. And I think in these, in this format, where you could tell that it's done like play for today's, yeah, some could be funnier than others, and this one is suited to this just telling this story. And, and I think we've da- dared to start to think, maybe arrogantly, and not. Um, fulfilling the brief anymore but we just thought well if it tell if it hooks you in and you're there till the end and you're riveted and it does something to you other than that wasn't funny <laughs> then it's allowed and i think we we i think they're good enough hopefully stories to keep you hooked and and, and satisfy even if they're not making you not just gag gag mm-hmm. all the way through because we're not always about that at all yeah and and i would say from the start you were always about telling stories and characters yeah. they were just as important as jokes or absolutely just being yeah funny. and, and inc- we've got more increasingly our writing yeah. has gone much more narrative I do think. you knowing that you make uh, a, a kind of comedy that a isn't being made as much anymore and uh can challenge the question of what is comedy yeah. do you get hurt by any kind of um negative feedback on stuff even though you know your stuff probably yeah. might provoke it yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I can see why people. Oh, yeah. I get. I'm. I. I rate <laughs> any any criticism at all. Yeah. Criticism like, bit, bit hard, isn't it? I would absolutely, if I could, strap anybody down that had anything to say about <laughs> in a negative way. And it's all right. All right. Give me. You've said this in your thing. So you didn't like it, and it wasn't funny for these. But give me three examples, or I will pour this petrol on you and set you on fire. You know, that is, even, I, I'm, I'm that reasonable. Even in this day and age, like on Twitter, because well, that's, yeah, that's you the know, worst thing in the world. Yeah. Of course, you can't. I, I, I've torn myself up reading things on forums and things, and you just think you can't because it's. I've actually. Who found, are these people, you know? Yeah, I found it helped me with criticism 
because there's such a, a huge um, volume now, but in such small amounts because of yeah. literally the amount you can type yeah, on things yeah, like yeah, Twitter, that it sort of washes over me a bit. Uh, I suppose it's got it, to us. It, it was the, the old end, days yeah. when a, a re- printed review yeah. meant everything and you knew all the rest yeah. of the industry were reading yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just being at home going what are they all thinking (laughs) and actually people weren't thinking that I know that's the terrible thing isn't it yeah it's just like three people in a chat room or something you think well no one I've I've fueled it more than the reality of and they probably think no one will ever read it yeah that's the other thing isn't it they hear about these trolls that just think I just said it I didn't think you'd read it and it's like someone's turned up at the house and I didn't think yeah so you um, is there anything in the because you're writing the new series right Um, we've written the new series and it's yeah we've just done the third series and it's going out in the autumn I believe and when you do write together Mm. do you do office hours yeah, very much. Yes. Yeah, we've got a little room in uh, Muswell Hill where we and we live equidistant from it. I think if we if it wasn't so near, we wouldn't do it. We mm-hmm. couldn't be bothered to do it. But we uh, literally can turn up. Our children go to the same school, and we do it absolutely like nine till five thirty, sometimes six if we're having a good day. Sometimes forget it at two. And how many minutes past nine are you actually typing new words? No, ten o'clock. Okay, that's not bad though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sometimes. It's pretty good. Sometimes half ten if we uh, there's things to talk about. But generally, yeah, we do try to do a full day. I find writing on. So I used to write with other people, and it was more fun and in some ways more creative. But you could spend two hours arguing about a character's name. Yeah. Which know, could yeah, change yeah. later, you I know. know. Absolutely, yeah. We have to eventually stop those things. We're like, all right, well, look, let's just put Madge. And it's a placeholder, but yeah, we'll come back to it. Yeah. And then you never and do. You never do. It's yeah. left, and you see it. Imagine yeah. we're always going to change that. Yeah. It goes out. It's like know. you know, and you're like, shit. Yeah, yeah. This is letting it down. That was not meant to be in. Um, is there stuff in the upcoming series that where you feel like you've challenged this? Um, the line between comedy and drama <laughs> even further? I think so, yes. Yeah. I think even for us, the, the third series of Number 9 is quite dark. Is it? Yeah. Uh, I think we were watching... We, we, the fun part, of course, when we've done these six, it's kind of the fun part, but it's the, it's the difficult part as well, is what order they go out in. Because we don't write them with specifics, knowing which will be the best and go out first. But you've got to start thinking about... BBC, you like it when we... If we, if we have one that's sort of accessible for most people mm-hmm. to start to hook you in you know you don't want to start with a really yeah. horrible watch your episode, episode one watch it that yeah, yeah. watch your episode one all that yeah and of course with anthology where it changes week upon week it's really hard to th- there isn't one that's representative they're all completely tonally different some are horrible and mm-hmm. some of them are in this series are the darkest we've ever done and some of them are very silly so we've start, we've gone with ones that are very gettable early on and then they become sort of worse when you work with the director on it is it it's is it Who's the director on this? Well, the last series was all directed by Guillem Morales, with this uh, Spanish director who did Julia's Eyes, this horror film. We saw it. We met him. We couldn't find the director. We had David Kerr's first series. Mm -hmm. It was great. And and we wanted him back, but he was busy doing uh, No Offence, that Channel 4 thing. So Mm -hmm. we needed to get another director for the second series. And Guillem came in for a meeting, and we just really liked him. and, And he'd never done a comedy. Wow. So we just, but we just thought we would sort of get it. What's his English like? It's good. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you get it. Yes, I think so. (laughs) He's he's great. He's um, doing really well. And how do you approach with a director? Like each story is different, but is there? Do do you? Are you saying? But they have to look like they're from the same series. Is that ever? Yeah, I mean that's a funny, uh, good question. We. The, the tone of it, I think, because it is completely disparate, but and I sometimes think, well, what we're we doing, so anybody could do it. But I think there is a uh, 
a I'm sure that's not true, by the way. Well, but well, <laughs> but it, it, well what? Uh, yes, I, I. What I mean to say is, we uh, we are the tone of it, aren't we? Steve yeah. and I are in them, and and we've written them. So I think that weirdly is its binding. Mm-hmm. binding thing and the thing that sort of is across them all is our sensibility despite the fact that some of them are much more Pinteresque or Aikborn or farce or you know whatever they might be and we didn't say to the directors make them different um, I, I think just anyway in the way that the what the stories are that that is its own thing you know that, that, he had a great challenge on his hands when he had to film the one that was all set in a a couchette in a mm-hmm. train carriage. It was very claustrophobic. And then there's other ones where in like the Sheridan Smith one that was all through the house. So he was able to, he was great, Graham. He was very um, industrious and, and rigorous. One of the, I think the only director that I've worked with where I've thought, God, you've done a lot of work before yeah. turning up today. Oh. You know, you storyboarded everything. It's about the prep. Yeah. And wow. it was it was like, I mean, it's almost too much. Like, it's like, and you, you do this and you bend down here. And I thought, like, well, what, what? I might not want to do that. Yeah. You put a head on it. <laughs> so you storyboarded everything to the, you know, and it looked beautiful. I think, but like, like Edgar Wright, he's, you can very, you can tell it's a vision. Yeah. He's got, he's an artist, you know, and all those. Well, that can sometimes be like two pluses hitting each other because you're yeah. the creators of the show. But yeah. you obviously want the director to own it them, themselves yeah. as well. Yeah, I think we go the other way once it's, we're in and we're doing it to let them feel that we're not there going, that's not what we yeah, mean. Because yeah. easily you could pull that card yeah. and it'd be nightmarish. Yeah, yeah. But we've never done it. We've always gone, right, it's your thing now to create. Sometimes we've thought, I've run out and thought, can I just see that back? I'm not sure. Have you got the. Is it funny? Have we got the joke of it? Yeah. You know, sometimes where you think there is a, that was meant to be a funny bit, but it's not quite being captured in a way. Yeah, yeah. And other times you can get that back Whether in the it edit. Was, right. But uh, other times you think, I, w- I think we should just be further back off it so you can just see the whole thing rather than create it in an edit. Mm-hmm. So there is often, there is a comedy mind on it with Steve and I's, but our things are very, I think they're quite prescriptive. We write sort of the scripts like we imagine them landing mm-hmm. sorry I have to spang that yeah. so they land in a way where you think oh yeah I think that's the director will read it and think and I think we paint the pictures that will we imagine it will look like I'll, I look back at a lot of our things and I think yeah that's just as we that's thought great. it would be which is great yeah, yeah. hit rate I think comedy wise what, how do you feel about the state of I comedy I hate, hate comedy <laughs> yeah. no interest isn't it <laughs> well I've, I detect an element of truth there <laughs> Well, I don't like watching it because it, it, I get riled at um, anyone else doing it. I mean, I shouldn't because I, I feel like you say we don't really do the same thing as anybody else. I yeah. always felt like League was in its own little cul-de-sac. Mm-hmm. They once tried to do, um, you remember that film, that thing, Comedy Connections, that used to be on? Yeah, yeah. They were going to do one on League of Gentlemen and they started it and they couldn't find any connections. <laughs> it was like a cul-de-sac, Oxbow Lake. Wow. You were all Lone Rangers. Yeah. Because we were not, no, part, we're not. Maybe you're not real. We're not liked, is what it was. <laughs> I think we were just its own world. Yeah. We never did well on bills of other stand-ups because we right. were our own little theatrical fourth wall, and you couldn't ever land with an audience because you know Al Murray would come out and do his bit to the audience, and then we'd come out and we'd just talk to ourselves. And it's like it, it never worked in that mm-hmm. situation. You needed to be in our right uh, world for it to work. Yeah. So I think we were we never really did very well in that that world. But I wonder um, if they um so would they be able to do a who do you think you are on any of you oh, or are you all just you, none of you have a history no. whatsoever. I think they did one on Mark. Mark yeah. um went oh, and they? found out he was a vampire or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah. Oh, it all makes sense. Uh yeah. do you yeah do you so you don't Comedy. really watch stuff. I no, love your I honesty as well yeah, because yeah. I find it I think I'm better at it than I used to be, but I went through a few years where I just couldn't 
uh, there's also the occupational hazard thing of knowing the craft i'm sure magicians or you know yeah. um directors of all kinds do this you just see you know what's the tricks as a stand-up as well it's yeah, like yeah I, oh, yeah I see that jo- oh that classic joke the pullback reveal or whatever yeah, you yeah. know oh, that's a good call it does back, make probably. it a bit but what about some bolts of it I mean I try to watch it I do watch some things but I'm not you know I, I admire Bob Mortimer who goes out and looks for it looks yeah. for new funny people and puts them in his shows you know it's like there's that um, adage isn't it that um, Kevin Spacey uses that was given to him by um uh, what's this Jack Lemon who said uh, send the elevator back down yeah and I think no jam it press the alarm immediately put a chair in it and could stop you do people. a Jack Lemon impression I've got this weird feeling you might be able to <laughs> no, no no I don't think I can I no. used to be obsessed with uh, Glenn Garrigan and Ross oh man one of the best films in it that Great. performance in that film yeah. from Jack Lemon my daughter yeah, is heartbreaking I know yeah He's definitely one of my all-time favourites, I think. Yeah, I think he's he so yeah. good. If you can completely outshine Alec Baldwin, Al Pacino, Ed Harris. Incredible performances like, across mm, the board. Just the amount of testosterone in that film. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, I, I kind of, have you seen the Louis C.K. new sitcom? No, the one that he's released yeah, online? Yeah, is that great? Um, I well, I've, I've not seen tons of it, but you know, it's like... He has shot a sitcom in a multicam situation, but without an audience. Right. So it weirdly feels like a play. Right. But I was listening to an interview he did, and he said the inspiration was Abigail's Party. Right. Which I thought was... Interesting. And and he didn't know it was... He saw it on YouTube and didn't know it was a play. Right. He was like, why have they done a sitcom without a laughter track kind of thing? And then found that out. Yeah. But... um. It kind of reminds me a bit of some of the stuff you're trying to do in that it's not comedy and a joke, traditional joke, sort of boom-tish Yes, yeah, no, not at all, yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, um, yeah we've, we've gone right away from that. I mean, it'd be interesting if we ever do any more League, because I feel it's a bit more rudimentary. That that work was much more sketchy. Yeah. And, and Especially when you took to it on stage what, as well. Absolutely, yeah, God, yeah. that was, you had to sort of land with... Gag, gag, gag. And you, you need a punchline yeah, on stage, yeah. don't you? Of course you, you do, yeah, yeah. Annoyingly. I know, yeah. It's much harder. <laughs> the temptation to chuck in anything at the, the end, the, at the end of a mini story that's come to its natural conclusion yeah, and then yeah. you've got to end on some yeah. unsurprising end. you can leave yeah. with it. Apparently it's worked. Yeah. Noise. Yeah, 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 yeah right. Yeah. Um, do you... Uh, you love stage work as well. I've, I, I, do. S- I saw you in the Alan Act. Aikborn? Aikborn, yeah. I always want to say Aikborn, but Aikborn. Yeah. Oh, did you? Have yeah, some, have I have some friends. friends. Yeah, I love doing um, that. Yeah, it was good fun. I love that. I really, really enjoyed it. David yeah. Armand, who I've worked a lot with, he was in that. And yes, yeah. Was it Catherine Parkinson? Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I love those kind of plays where it's all in real time. Yeah. Well, it was yeah. funny because that play, as we're talking about the Abigail's Party, it predated Abigail's Party. Did it? Yeah, and it oh. sort of is the Aikborn version of Abigail's Party. Yeah. It, it literally is that setup in a way. Ooh. And uh, it was like two Has years Has Mike before. been a naughty boy? Well, some may say it. I'm not going to dare say it, but yes, possibly. Well, no, it was, it was really... Do you... You also were in The Producers, right? I did that, that for That must a, have been a, a lot of fun. Yeah, It was good, but it was... Oh, not for a year, though. Not for a year. Nothing's, no, nothing's good for a year, no, is it? No, no, It was exhausting, yeah. I was the, sort of the fittest I've been, but the most decrepit, because mm. I was... Try having sex in for a year every night for a year. Yeah, that's that what it's still like, yeah. gets even that gets tiring. I know. Yeah, exhausting. So <laughs> it was that. But yeah, I've done a lot of stage. I'm about to go back on stage with I'm doing the dresser, oh, Ronald cool. Harwood's play um, with me as Norman. And didn't uh, they do a film version recently, of that quite recently? Did, yeah, yeah. yeah, with uh, Ian McKellen was Norman. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But I'm doing it with uh, 
Ken, Ken Stott. Oh, brilliant. So that's in October we start in the West End, yeah. So and when are you... Um, uh, when, uh, in October? Yeah. Um, I also... I missed you, annoyingly, um, but turns out the play was still amazing, in Hangman. Oh, yeah, good. It I saw great. the version in the West End. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, he is a... I'm such a big fan of Martin. Madonna, uh, yeah. yeah. So good. What was yes, he like yeah. to work with? He was with? great. I mean, was he was there every day. It was weird, yeah. The director, Matthew Dunster, was... Uh, he made us do like circuit training every day. When he t- first emailed me serious? saying, I don't know whether you know this about me, but I do circuit training every morning. I literally thought it was like a gag. Yeah. <laughs> but he made yeah. it ours, we did. You were like, fuck off. Yeah, what? Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. But he did, and we, and we did. And he and Martin was there every day, and he did it with us. You know, he was a proper team player. And he Where? Every morning in the rehearsal studio in South And London. what, did a personal trainer come in? He did it, Matthew. Oh, my God. On stretches, and there was literally spots. And he would go around. It was an hour of it. What was this? What is the? I mean, look, I'm all in favour a bit of uh, exercise, but yeah. what is the thinking behind that? Is it? Well, it's sort of to get you warmed up and get you ready to do the acting, and, yeah. and weirdly, it did. It did work. I, yeah. I thought I, by the end, I understood it. I by the end, I you were there, crunching yeah. your yeah, six pack. I loved it, yeah, and I. I I none of you look like the characters you're all, <laughs> all bodybuilders I know yeah not, not I couldn't tell by the way I couldn't tell watching the play that you'd all been doing uh, intensive yeah. workouts well no it wasn't uh, for that reason yeah no that's but, uh, I, 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 I can totally see why that is it's sort of in a weird sort of way I sometimes think about um, when you used to go to school and sing a hymn at the start of the day yes, yeah. which we hated as children yeah. but actually wouldn't that be a great way to start of the course, day at, yeah. at work it sort of gets you all into the same yeah. mind yeah and I you sort of lose your inhibitions yeah, in front yeah. of people and that's and what it's about I think yeah, yeah. Um, what do you I know this is a, this is a bit of a annoying um, sort of question that you get asked all the time but right. do you like do you prefer stage or screen um and my answer to this that I always give <laughs> this is the uh, 1,200 yeah, no but it happens to be true is that I I do love both and I, by the time I'm finished doing one I feel like I am ready to do the other so um, having done a year of the producers on stage I was, I was craving the discipline of a little bit more mm-hmm. precision and, and yet, nights off and a night off yeah, yeah just to be in one night and just see the EastEnders music yeah. come on yeah. and um then when I'm filming, I start to think, I wish I could just loosen it a bit and have the immediacy of the reaction, you know, rather than this will go away now and mm-hmm. be recreated in an edit, you know, which is sometimes frustrating. But um, so I, I like doing both and it's uh, great to be able to flip between the two. Uh, before we talk about, um, A, your guilty pleasure and other inspirations, yes. just you've sort of touched upon it and I, I suppose I, sh- I have to ask, uh, is there ever going to be a League of Gentlemen? League of Gentlemen. You've sort of implied. We have met often in, in recent in times. In secret. In secret. In a, a, a sort of... Uh, in a bunker. With pointy hats on. Yeah. And uh, we, uh, we've spoke about doing something, yes, for the 20th anniversary. It depends mm-hmm. when you think the 20th anniversary is. We have You could take it from when we first began, in, mm-hmm. and it so, sort of already nearly is. Or if it's from TV, then that is 20... 19 yeah been the 20th uh, year since we we're on so you've got three years so there's something in the yeah we want to do something yeah and uh, we're going to set time aside to do it it's just making us all free tv but once or we say stage? we'll do it i think tv but yeah. perhaps stage oh. to both okay there's yeah. a slightly ambiguous answer no, no, it is, yeah. <laughs> well we haven't really thought or both that. at the same time yeah Film well, just two birds in one stone. Yeah. Um, so, your guilty pleasure. This is something. Um, this is <laughs> this. 
actually blew my mind watching this. Before Good. we talk about it, what are the kinds of... I know that, you know, this is probably an easy guess that you are heavily influenced by horror and cult films and thrillers, but do you have, like, say... Do you have like three films that you that are so that people can put this into context? They don't think that your guilty pleasure is some reflects your real taste oh, right, or anything. Yes, of course, yeah. Do you what are like three now, this, of your this top? This is an anomaly as the one I've picked, but uh, I you know I like my top three. I don't know, King of Comedy, Good De Niro, yeah. probably Jaws, probably. We were talking about that earlier. Uh, Theatre of Blood, Wicker Man. Mm-hmm. Don't look now, you know some great some of the great horrors. Omen, I was obsessed yeah. with for years. Creep Show, you know, yeah. I, there are a lot of horror films, but uh, not all the Python forays into film I love mm-hmm. as well. The airplane films, you know, just for their hit rate. Yeah, so I've yeah. got lots. I mean, a very eclectic. That is a taste. wide, yeah, yeah. But uh, this is a particular. Why don't you favorite. tell us all what you've picked? <laughs> so <laughs> I picked the nineteen ninety film by Michael Winner called Bullseye, which some people will be groaning at that now and, and in delight I hope yeah. but uh, yeah this was a film that we Mark and I think me and Mark more than Steve as well became quite obsessed with watching for a lot of the time on tour and uh, it's quite extraordinary I mean it's it's almost unwatchable you said it is unwatchable I think it well I didn't get to the end you didn't get way. to the end no. oh god I'm it, sorry, it gets better so and better it's the premise is do we have a clip, by the way? Do we have do, clips? We have a clip. Let's just play this to All give right. people a sense of... This is the very beginning, I believe. They say that everybody in the world has someone somewhere who looks like they do. It was my bad luck that the man who looked like me was an American scientist working on some scheme to produce cheap electricity by a thing called fusion. His name was Dr. Daniel Hitler. He was an idiot. Now, that is literally the very first few seconds of the That's film. That's what's hysterically funny about it. Not, not three seconds in, this exposition yeah. starts. That has to try to, ex- try to desperately explain this insane plot. And that doesn't stop till two seconds of yeah. the end credits. It's going on still. And then I got the money <laughs> I was able to give. It's ludicrous. And it, it's terribly What is shot. the plot? Can you describe I the plot? I can't really. I don't really. I've watched it many times. I don't really understand it. It's like, I don't know. It's about two... Uh, Michael Caine and Roger Moore play these uh, sort of lovable rogues, but they also they've got dual roles. They play these um, people that have created this fusion. These, these scientists. Well, they've both got doppelgangers. They've what got, are the yeah, chances? It's like I know exactly. Sort of like um, what's that Shakespeare that got two sets of twins? It's that. Yeah. But, um, but done by Michael Winner. <laughs> and, uh, it, Which is a film we. Were, that's how the pitch went. That yes, was. Yeah. Yeah. As you like it. Is it? No, yeah. not as you like it. Um, Oh God! Find out which one. But anyway, yes, it is a terrible film, and it's badly edited. It's not even very well made. It's every joke falls flat. I mean, the the astonishing thing about it is how poorly made it is. It is literally there are cuts in it. The edit is so loose sometimes. Michael Caine sort of is, is in full mid-shot and then he goes to open the door and then it cuts to the other side of him. And he's doing the same action again. It's so ropely like edited. double open. Yeah. yeah. Terrible. There was a bit where he... Uh, uh, there was a single shot of him and he sees a bus off camera and he does some of the worst seeing a bus uh, acting. And then we cut to a bus that was obviously shot like the know, next yeah. day or something. you get to the Scotland bit where there's all that uh, footage of... Stock yeah. footage of the Highlands of Scotland. Yeah, loads of stock footage. Yeah, yeah. But what's surprising me about this is a lot of people's guilty pleasures are films that maybe are um, they're just a bit kind of 
too mainstream or they're just really they're really cult they're actually right. good but people don't really know about them or yeah. this is a strong contender for technically the worst film yeah i, I mean and i'd see why it's a guilty pleasure because there is a lot of fun to be had there watching is, yeah, these people is, i would absolutely recommend it i mean it's, it's jaw-dropping i don't know what's worse uh, michael caine's um american, american accent oh my God. or michael caine's michael caine accent know, which yeah. is also really weird it is astonishing and in a it, film yeah. with so much bad editing uh, uh set pieces design you know music it's weird that the prosthetic nose is actually quite good. I know, yes. It's like the only good thing in it. But, but yeah, he has some terrible lines. And Roger in it. Moore seemed trying to do a slightly less posh accent as his gangster <laughs> oh, yes, character. That's right, yeah, of course. So was, that yeah. there's a you can tell who's him and the <laughs> doppelganger. But there's great bits where they've got the doppelgangers together, so there obviously is two sets of there's doubles with bad Michael Caine wigs on, mm-hmm. and they have fights together, and it's just astonishingly edited. I, I kept thinking broken. when I was watching it because it sort of reminded me of the look of and feel of it of A Fish Called Wanda, right? And yes. it sort of remind it made so me think, me, especially the music as well, that kind yeah. of eighties kind of drive, know, 80s yeah. London crime caper yeah it's ter- uh, that's a terrible disservice to Fishcore Wonder it is yeah. it is which is a brilliant film <laughs> yeah it felt like Michael Winner went I can do that yeah and they just decided to do it weirdly it's uh, two of the names on the screenplay uh, credit are um, Lawrence Marks and uh, who's the Gran Gran what's his first Morris. <laughs> Morris. Morris Grand. Yeah. Morris Grand. Um, and it, yeah, and that's... that's uh, and they've written great stuff, so I don't know yeah, what happened. I, know. I think it's the execution of it, because there's a running gag at the end when they're being chased and uh, through this uh, sort of... They go to the highlands of Scotland to secure this deal for the fusion mm-hmm. um, secret. It's just absolutely terrible. And there's a continual bit where uh, Kane gets hit by um, sticks and... And swords and things, and it's just every it makes a misfire every time. You know. <laughs> yeah. Terrible, terrible. There isn't film. a single. Yeah, no, it's awful. Um, it, There's it, a brilliant bit at the end where they're both on. They they chase after their counterparts. They dive on a motorbike. Mm-hmm. It's two elderly men, and it's uh, there's these shots where you can just it's clearly on a dolly going about two mile an hour really carefully with oh, them man. sat up placed on it, and then trying to cut it to make <laughs> it look like it's exciting on, and they're going fast. The it's thing, just a joy from beginning to end, it watched, in a terrible way. It, when I watch this, I actually get scared, and I'll tell you why. Because <laughs> I think, this is Michael Caine, Roger Moore, whatever you think of them, they are, you know, legends in their own right. They've yeah. made good films. Yeah. Michael Winner, he's made, I mean, Death yeah. Wish is quite a good film, yeah, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know. It can go that wrong. And I, yeah. do, I direct a bit, and I always think, what if... <laughs> I get it that wrong. Yeah, you do a bullseye. Yeah, I pull a bullseye. I oh, know. Well, that's the fear, isn't it? You must not. How? How could it not? How could all those people working on it? I mean, yeah, it's a I mean, re- so cheaply filmed, it? and it's it's um, it's dirty looking. It's sort of a. Uh, it looks like a confessions film. It feels very. Yeah. Almost no, no, cool. confessions are. Re- they're actually quite well made. I think. <laughs> right, in comparison, right? Okay. <laughs> Um, it's a really good choice, Reese. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, I think I think you. <laughs> I might thought you would know it. I'm glad you have introduced no, you to it. There's actually a couple I've uh, not known. Maybe well, that's like great. two. I'm glad it's, um, I mean, the thing about Kane's um, oeuvre, let's yeah. say, is that 80s to mid 90s, yeah, where he did shitloads of films, terrible films, yeah. And there's there's like three or four in there that if he had just done those, his career would have been impeccable. I think I've got a list here somewhere. Like in that period. From eighty to eighty, yeah, eighty to ninety 
five before he did Blood and Wine with oh, right. um, yes, yeah. Jack Nicholson. Yeah, he did something like thirty-five films. Wow, and I can was I can Jaws in the middle of that lot. Jaws four was yeah, there. Yeah, of course. Um, but the ones that are good, genuinely brilliant films are Hannah and Her Sisters. Yeah, uh, Mona Lisa. I like. Yeah, he's great. Um, yeah. Uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Yeah, he's funny in that. He's brilliant really in that. Good, yeah. And Educating Rita. Brilliant, yeah. I think... Oh, and The Muppet Christmas Carol, yeah. which you can't Well, that's knock. one of those ones, and a little bit like this, where if he doesn't have to be there, it's not him. Yeah. <laughs> you just watch that again, it's like any back shot, of it's just not him. body double, really. Yeah, a lot of body double, yeah. If he's he's physically can't get away with it being there. But he that, obviously wasn't there on the day. That's amazing. That's <laughs> only about six out of 35... Um, oh, and, and Steve Oram, as you know, he was in before and he picked The Hand. Picked the hand and yeah. it's making me think you could probably do a series of guilty pleasures just on Michael okay, Caine. Yeah, I bet you could. So yeah, I'm sure you should be the first to say it, yeah. But isn't it funny, that terrible accent, and then he wins the Oscar for Cider House Rules, yeah. doing the same voice. It's weird. <laughs> and I lo- I, when he's good, I love him yeah, so much. absolutely, yeah. But he, he clearly, do you think he's someone that just needs a director? Don't know. I That's don't a weird know, thing yeah. to say. Who isn't knows? It? Yes, that would he be, is a legend. He's, be, he's he done really well. Yeah. Why am I saying whether he needs a director yeah, or not? He, I think he, he knows what he wants. But uh, those were that was maybe a friend. The very final shot, which you haven't seen because you've not seen the end, is uh, John Cleese turns up in it. Oh, to, to try and he's, save? No, no, he's on the beach at the end. You just watch <laughs> it. It's just ridiculous. Uh, I, I'm going to watch the end of it because yeah, it must. is it is enjoyable. Um, <laughs> so that is Bullseye. Yeah. Uh, Please check it out. So, uh, Reese, thank you so much for coming on. It's You're been welcome. an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Good luck with the play and thank the you, third yes. series of uh, Inside Number Nine. Thank you very much. Um, the last song you have picked, uh, yes. do you want to explain what this Well, this is from, I think, 1977. I can't remember. It's the, all, all That Jazz, which is the film. And it's the last song in All That Jazz. And All That Jazz is about this sort of... It's sort of based on the life of Bob Fosse. He directed it. And in the film, he's played by uh, Roy Scheider, who's sort of being Bob Fosse. And it's just a horrible <laughs> decline of a man in, in sort of the death throes. Bob Fosse had a heart attack, and he wrote it about death and facing death. And there's a great... It's, it's a very black comedy in the way that, that there was a spate of those in the 70s, you know, those great, gritty 70s films like American... Um, the Raging Bull and... Um, French Connection and it's mm-hmm. in that vein it's very brilliantly edited there's a finale in sort of as he's in his death throes having a heart attack where he has a, he's got a big song and dance number and it's to the Everly Brothers um, Bye Bye Love where they do it they sing Bye Bye Life yeah and it's, it's amazing really black, I'm really good to see Roy Scheider doing something all so all singing all dancing yeah, yeah. thank you very much what a great choice thank you thank you this is a FUBAR radio podcast go to FUBARradio.com for more details